and welcome to the Compatible You podcast, where we speak weekly about all things body image, wellness, mental health, breaking through diet culture in a bid to break down the stigma of what makes us us. We speak about the tricky stuff to hopefully inspire you to do the same. So I did have to rejig my podcast schedule this week because sometimes shit just happens, life just happens, and that is okay. I have some exciting guest speakers who I'm going to be recording a few episodes with next week, which is pretty cool. And that includes Chelsea from the Hashimoto's Method and Amanda from Made by Mandy. I can't wait to record these episodes as, you know, we will be able to go into the topic of body shame associated with a few different things. So one being the invisible disease that is Hashimoto's as well as gaining insight into the perspective and roles of an accredited dietitian when it comes to the treatment and recovery of an eating disorder. So yes, very exciting things to come. I thought I'd just give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what is to come. So something that has felt like a long time coming this week has happened, and that is I've started to speak to a psychologist about some things that have been happening lately. And, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, which I think is important in some cases because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like sometimes people feel as though they need to justify why they're doing something, especially when it comes to seeking help and support for their mental health. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's not like people are, you know, kind of scared to use it as a way to measure one's sadness and, you know, discomfort against each other. It's kind of more like, oh, So this has happened. So I now can go and speak to someone about it. Kind of that mentality is like an internal justification almost, which is something we really need to change and something we really need to challenge, I think. We don't need to justify why we are seeking help for our mental health. We also don't need to wait until our breaking point. You know, the mentality of I'm not bad enough or others have it worse than me or, you know, that feeling of like I'm not sick enough to speak to someone. Excuse the French, but fuck that. We need to start challenging that mentality. You do not need to justify yourself or, yeah, just wait for a specific event to justify why you are now kind of going to seek help. You go and get that support that you need because you are worthy and deserving of getting that help. Alrighty. So yeah, speaking to psychologists, that's what I did this week. And yeah, it's pretty bloody awesome. Um, I can't lie. I was super nervous before it and I was really trying to not get in my own head. Like I needed to stop trying to think of ways to get out of it. You know, you need this and it's crazy. Like I know the feeling like way too well of worrying and worrying about something. And then I do the thing that I was worried about. And it's like, uh, like, why were you worrying so much? Like pretty sure, especially in my experience, like 99% of the time, the outcomes are totally fine. And I'm just like, I worried for something so much, but alas, there I was again, putting myself back into that cycle. Like I know that it's okay and it will be okay. But yeah, of course it was fine, but I got myself into the cycle and I guess, I don't know, using the word fine is probably not the best word to use. Um, yeah, it was actually, it actually went really well, not uh, much better than fine. So just a little FYI, if you are stressing yourself out about an upcoming appointment, might be with a mental health professional or anything, remind yourself about all the hard things you have done and the wasted energy spent on throwing yourself into that worry cycle. You can totally do it. I'm speaking from experience. You can totally do it. So yeah, 
now I've started talking, I feel like the structure of this episode is kind of half prepping, I guess, like talking to you guys about how to prepare for an appointment with a mental health professional and my experience. And I guess like hopefully half of what I'll finally get to talk about, but yeah, just trying to set the scene a little bit, which is cool. And we're just going to roll with it. But I was pretty grateful that um, this psychology appointment that I did um, was able to be done by a Zoom consult. I guess when I think about it, I know Zoom doesn't always sound like a huge advancement in technology, but it really is like being able to have that access to healthcare whilst living in the country. You know, it is actually a huge barrier for a lot of people. So to be able to have my appointment in my home, you know, where I feel comfortable without the travel and like organisation that kind of comes with a trip to in my experience, Adelaide, because that's where most things are. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm kind of, yeah, super glad that this option is available for country dwellers like myself. So I guess that's another FYI. If you are looking for help, um, there's different ways to do it instead of having to travel to that capital city sometimes. But it, it really was a huge relief and weight off my shoulders speaking about some stuff again to someone. Again, worried myself for nothing. Um, but yeah, something we did talk a little bit um, about, which I really resonated with and had kind of one of those light bulb moments was when we talked about identity, which is what I did want to talk about in today's podcast episode, because I definitely feel like there is nowhere that I'm the only one here feeling this way. And like, you know, I guess that the crux of what we talked about um, in relation to identity for me personally was my habit, um, my conditioning, whatever we want to call it, um, in terms of identity is me placing external labels on myself to create my identity. It's like I, you know, myself put myself into these external boxes and that's, you know, what I'm going to embody. I'm putting myself in this box and that's who I have to be. And it's, it's really frustrating because it's one of those things that the rational part of, you know, my brain or your brain, if you're experiencing this as well, is very active and like repeatedly reminds myself, like, Ooh, do we, do we really want to be doing that again? Like, you know, it's not great to do this and all that kind of crap. And it has this kind of internal battle with the irrational side being all chilled, you know, like, now nah, it's cool. Like we can do this. Just, you know, let me you know, put myself in that identity box again. Like, I know the shit has happened before, but let's just do it again. Like, it's really frustrating. Like, why we haven't invented a volume button to turn up our rational voices yet. But yeah, um, there I was breaking down the, um, I don't, I don't want to say downfall of my identity. Maybe a mismatch is a better wording for it. And I have gotten a lot of better at navigating my identity. But again, you're I think a lot of people kind of resonate with this because when I do look back at my identity over my life, it's kind of clear, clear as day, the Mitch, Mitch match, the mismatch of my identity. So, you know, I identified when I was a bit younger, identified myself as like a sporty person, as the fit person, the strong person, and, you know, all these external, you know, characteristics then I did shift that identity to my previous job, which I worked in for a little bit, which has, you know, a huge thing to do with your identity. And, you know, I think it was just really cool to see how the psychologist like kind of just ripped off the bandaid and put it simply like, but that's not you. Like those are external things. Sure. They definitely are a part of your life, but they don't define you. And not sure if you guys have picked up on this, but like you, 
can really see, especially when someone points it out how well, um, when they point it out, like how dangerous it can be to categorise yourself with those external factors, those external identities. It was a bit of a reality check that I always kind of knew. Like, of course, it's always in the back of your mind. You know when you need to do the thing, but it just sits in your mind and it's hard to kind of actually rationalise it and get it out there and get get yourself to do the things that you know you need to do. You know, when we place all our identity on, I don't know, let's use my example, like I did the sport and fitness kind of identity, like I, I, I never ask myself these questions and it's always nice to think about it retrospectively, but like what happens when you get injured? Like what happens if you get sick? What happens when you can't play that sport now or do that thing that you kind of really tied all your identity from? Like where does your identity go? And then, you know, another one that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that I really resonated with was, you know, when your identity or a huge part of yourself is that you identify with your job, like what you do, like that's who you are. What happens when you resign or you change jobs or, you know, something else jeopardizes this job? Like, of course, it's going to jeopardize your identity too. And it's kind of like, well, shit, like, what do we do now? Like, I've kind of lost myself because I've lost this job. And I wanted to touch on this whole concept of identity today. So I guess, you know, I've kind of had this reminder and think it's important for others to be reminded of that, you know, it's quite easy to lose yourself sometimes, whether that be in your work or in your personal life, kind of any part of your life where you can really put all your identity on. And it can be easy to just deal with it and be like, ah, oh, you know, well, you know, identifying as this person or identifying as that person or having this part of my life being pretty much everything that I am you know it's easy to be like it's not a huge issue now like let's just wait a bit brush it off and then kind of reassess when it's worse which we all know that's not the best mindset to have I've definitely been guilty of it kind of being like oh I know I probably shouldn't identify as this like sporty fit person all the time um but then that's kind of where that thought stayed it didn't really um yeah transform into anything else until kind of you lose that identity and then you feel like you have to kind of start over and stuff like that. And it is hard enough to kind of navigate ourselves, you know, putting ourselves into our own identity boxes. And then it's kind of, you know, crazy to think, you know, we let other people do it. We let them do the same to us, you know, putting ourselves in boxes and letting others kind of dictate our identity. And it's kind of just really shit hits the fan when all that stuff happens when it comes to your identity. And I mean, we could talk about the theories of identity and the types of identity. I think maybe I'll do that on another episode because that shit is pretty interesting. And, you know, there are some really great perspectives on this, but your identity, I just, yeah, wanted to kind of talk about the idea that identity includes so many more things in your external and, you know, sometimes just pretty irrelevant circumstances, such as your job or the box that people are trying to put you into. And I get it, like, it is so much easier said than done. I do, trust me, I get it. But it's not your job. It's not my job. It's not our job or part of our identity to please and, I guess, appease others as well. Like, if you work hard to get in touch with your authentic identity, like, who you truly are, and, you know, if you've been able to do that, that's bloody awesome. And, you know, if it isn't received well by others, you know, maybe sometimes they're meeting you with comments like, oh, well, you've changed or, oh, the old you wouldn't do that. Or, oh, I thought you were, I don't know, insert their shitty bullshit descriptive who they think you should be. 
Like, is that really the worst thing that can happen? Like, is it really the end of the world? If someone who's chosen to categorize you into a box that isn't happy with you choosing to actually, you know, say, screw that. I don't have to live on your standards anymore. And you choose to be true to yourself. Like it's not, it's a trick question. Of course, it's not the end of the world if it's not received well by others. There, I guess um, I've been doing a lot of um, documentary watching recently um, and especially on YouTube. Like I just get lost in YouTube sometimes. I start on one thing and it just turns into this complete other thing. Um, and I've been watching a few documentaries that are out there and they're the ones where um, like elderly individuals talk about their life experience and often kind of they get asked a question like, what's your biggest regret in life? Like what would you change if you could change everything? And I've watched a few of them and there seems to like usually be a common denominator in each video. And that's, yeah, kind of talking about the regrets of them trying to please others and like the regrets of, I guess, not doing what they wanted to do and not living the life on their terms, like how they really wanted. It's kind of always trying to please others, do what others expected them to do and stuff like that. And it's really interesting when you do watch it because you're like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course, like I need to stop doing this. But like we need to actually start listening and practicing this. Like I guess you got to just ask yourself, like, do you want to have lived your life by other standards, whether that be society's shitty beauty standards, your friends, your families, like all those shitty standards and their expectations or do you want to be in that documentary? I don't know, down the track, you might get asked by film crew talking about your regrets. Like, do you want to be in that documentary saying you lived life on your own terms? And, you know, of course it wasn't perfect, but it was yours. It was mine. It was the way we wanted to live. Like it's something I do actually use to remind myself when I might be kind of doing that people pleasing shit again. And it does help. Like it does kind of stop that thought process spiraling out of, you know, I need to do this, but I'm uncomfortable, but this is what people expect of me and stuff like that. We're not perfect, but at the end of the day, we really do need to just get comfortable with us and finding ourselves again, protect ourselves from that identity crisis and yeah, really start finding yourself again and just, just leave people's shitty expectations at the door. And as I'm kind of like recording this and talking as I go, like I can tell there's definitely going to be another episode about identity. Like I said before, it's, it's really interesting, but I hope you can take something away from this episode and maybe start, I don't know, doing something like journaling about who you are um, and actually being true to that and taking the steps to live life on your terms and not others. Just a little bit of a recap of something I kind of was deconstructing, kind of, yeah, sorting through during my first psychology session, uh, my first therapy session this week. And yeah, definitely kind of wanted to share those thoughts because I think a lot of people can kind of relate to just being a bit stuck on who they are because I've kind of lost themselves in society's expectations and other people's expectations. So food for thought for your Saturday. As always, uh, just want to say thank you for listening in and supporting me as I talk about these areas. As someone who has worked through most of, if not all of the things I talk about on here, I hope they can use this podcast, whether it be an episode, if you're a regular listener, whatever it is, to help you find your voice and know that, you know, you don't have to live alone in shame. 
Like let's speak up about the hard shit and challenge the secretive norm of mental health really because you're going to be so much better off for it. And I guess also, you know, as much as you're helping yourself, you really never know who you may um, have an impact on or who's listening. At the end of the day, you are worthy of your story being heard and poor mental health, whether that be on the spectrum of eating disorders or any other um, umbrella of mental health, you know, it's, you don't have to live like with that being a life sentence, like sure, you may have these feelings, you may have a diagnosis as well, um, or it might be undiagnosed, but that again, it's, it's, of course it impacts you. Like there's no doubt about it and it may shape part of you, but it's not your entire identity. And like I said, it's not a life sentence. You know, there is support and help available to you. And there are people who are going to listen and want to support you. Um, yeah, I just hope that you know, you're able to find the support that you need and just know that there isn't ever a, you know, a right time that you have to wait for to seek that um, mental health um, support and yeah, help that you definitely need. As always, I have added some great resources to the description of this episode if you are ready to take that step to reach out for help. Again, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week for another Compatible You podcast.